Beauty, Cows and Crops is produced by the Peace Country Beef and Forage Association and hosted by Extension Coordinator Johanna Murray. On this podcast, we discuss management practices and research results with scientists, ranchers, researchers and farmers. We strive to share innovative information and farming practices supported by sound science and practical wisdom. So grab a cup of coffee and let's get learning. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Coffee, Cows, and Crops. Today I'm talking to Jessica Watson and Chelsea Pierce about the West Central Forage Association Soil Moisture and Forage Stands project. But before we get into all of that fun stuff, let's do some introductions. Uh, Jessica, I think I'll get you to go first. So as Joanna said, I'm Jessica Watson and I work with West Central Forage as their Conservation Agriculture and Extension Program Coordinator. For those not familiar with WCFA, we're an organization similar to PCBFA. We are based out of Sangudo, Alberta and cover the West Central region or the region west of Edmonton. I've been with WCFA in this role for coming up on four years or so off and on now. I primarily look after our extension or knowledge transfer programming, which includes everything from our newsletters, website, social media, event planning, etc. Basically, I work on getting information from our research and other important topics and sources out to farmers and ranchers in our area. I also manage some of our applied research and demonstration projects. However, as we have lots of these on the go, our forage research coordinator, Melissa Howard, manages most of those projects, including the one we'll be talking about today. So that's me and a bit about what I do, and I'll now let Chelsea introduce herself. Hi, I am Chelsea Pierce. Um, I'm an agronomist with Martin Deerline. I am based out of Westlock, but I cover all of our stores. So I'm up in the Peace region quite often as well, all the way down to um, our Wetaskiwin store. Um, I've been with Martin Deerline now going on um, in this position six years. Um, so with that, I work with a lot of growers around the area with um, what we'll be talking about today with the weather stations and crop intelligence, as well as I also work with a bunch of growers on their farming operations, helping them um, succeed more on the agronomy side of things as well. So um, that's just a little bit about me and I'm really looking forward to working with the West Central Forage Association on this project this year. Awesome. So Jessica, can you give a bit of a background on this project, sort of um, what you're looking at and how it got started? Yeah, so it's actually, I believe, was brought to us originally by one of our board members that sits on our board. Um, she's an agronomist in the area and she's got a pretty keen interest in in soil and, and all things related with that. And then just in general in helping producers kind of navigate data management and that kind of stuff on farms. So she had a couple of probes installed at some of her growers and possibly even at her own place, I believe. This was kind of before I came back. So, <laughs> and uh, so she kind of brought it to us and was uh, wanting to see if we could use it in, in forage systems specifically, and if that would provide some value. Um, I think it's been used, the technology has been used quite extensively on the annual crop side. Um, and it's just a way to get some more information on a specific field scale level for, for producers, I think is what she was kind of hoping to see. So we took that and ran with it. Um, and we're going to put in a few probes this year. We're going to work with Chelsea and Martin Deerline to look at that and to just find a way to give producers a bit more information about what's happening on a field scale level in terms of weather variability as their weather stations, to my understanding. And then 
soil moisture as well. Um, and as we all know, soil health and information about soil on farm is kind of a big hot topic in ag right now. So we thought this might be a good way to, to get a little bit of a newer technology out in front of some producers and uh, with a forage specific focus as we are a forage association, that's kind of our mandate. And, and that's what we focus on. We don't do a lot on the annual crop side um, and just see if it provides any value and, and see, you know, what kind of data we're going to get from that. And then, you know, compare that to, if you get a soil sample, it provides you a snapshot of what's happening at that moment in time. But does this allow us to get more information as, you know, climate varies and weather varies and, uh, a lot of our west central region so we cover basically everything west of Edmonton over to the, the Jasper Park border essentially and we go south down into Leduc County and some of those other areas and a lot of our areas have had significant amounts of moisture the last few years and so this is probably going to give us a good opportunity to see you know, how much of it is still retained in the soil? Are we prepared to deal with some drought conditions and those kinds of things? So yeah, it was kind of brought to us by one of our, she's a really active board member that we have and kind of took it and rolled from there. And it is just kind of getting started. So we don't have a whole lot of other details on it so far, but. All right. It does sound like a super interesting project. Um, we know root, perennial root systems can seriously affect the, the soil moisture and, and nutrition and that sort of stuff. So it'd be interesting to get some really specific field scale data on that. Um, now, West Central Forage Association covers quite a bit of ground. Uh, so where will you be setting up uh, those these project sites? Will you be covering a whole uh, the whole area you usually work in or a specific area? Yeah, so our, our hope is to do it. We have, um, we're going to put in four probes. So we're hoping that we can kind of cover as much of our areas as, as possible. So it'll all depend on interested producers and, you know, access to sites and, and whether or not they fit the systems that we're looking for. But we are looking, you know, to move some around and try. And so our area encompasses, we work with six local municipalities that kind of provide some funding and, and those kinds of things. And we cooperate closely on. So our, our hope is that throughout the duration of the project that we'll be able to have something in place in, in at least one of, or at least each of those municipalities at some point, um, but for sure four of them. And, uh, you know, just based on logistics, they may end up being a bit closer to our home base office, but we are trying to reach as far across our area as we can. And, and this is one of those projects that's a little easier for us to do that. Um, we don't have to be physically on site once a week as we would with some of our small plot research sites and that kind of stuff. So. Um, and then we are looking at uh, evaluating some different systems throughout it as well. So we're looking at doing kind of an annual silage system. Um, and ideally our grant application was written that so, you know, if they wanted to follow that with a cover crop, that would be great, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. Uh, we wanna look at a perennial silage or hay field, um, you know, something that's in grass, but then we're taking matter off of it and a permanent pasture system and then some annual cropland systems as well just to get that that comparison between some of the systems and to see if if there's a difference or if the data is more valuable in one system versus another so okay uh, and will you be looking at different grazing systems on those pasture lands or, or even on the cover crops as well yeah, so potentially, it kind of really depends on on our cooperators and what kind of systems that they're using. Um, 
And we're talking right now, we're going to, you know, hopefully move some of those probes around from year to year to, to different producers. But uh, we're in discussions right now to determine whether the permanent pasture one, for example, whether we're going to leave that one for a few years to see if it it has any differences or not. And, and same with the cover cropping. So it's a, a maybe depending on how things end up playing out with the project. Um, it is certainly something that we're interested in looking at moving forward. So whether that's outside the scope of this project or whether we can find a way to fit that in. But so depends on who's willing to, to work with us. So yeah, that's fair. Uh, so one last question before we um, go to, to Chelsea to answer more of the, the tools you're using. Uh, Jessica, what are the, the goals of this project? Yeah, so I think, you know, one of the the main ones was to determine if, you know, if you get this extra data input, so whether that's weather or soil moisture, um, and you get it in a format that's easy to understand, and Chelsea will kind of talk about at how it spits out outputs in a bit here, but, you know, does that help producers in making management decisions, you know, in grazing decisions, even on a forage system, you know, do you delay putting cows back on there because there's not enough soil moisture reserve and those kinds of things. Um, and I guess that's kind of leads into one of the main ones is to evaluate from a producer perspective in forage based systems specifically, do these kinds of technologies have a role in a place and, and do they provide value on their farm? Is the data that it's gathering for them useful in on-farm management decision-making? You know, did it, was it, you know, sometimes you can collect tons of data, but, you know, is it actually something that, you know, they find value in using to make decisions on-farm? And in a way to kind of just demonstrate these technologies in an application that maybe isn't kind of top of mind for a lot of producers. I think a lot of, we think there's a lot of technology available. And I think lots of times people think, oh, that's cool for the canola guys kind of thing, right? So is is there an application for this in a bit of a different system? Um, and I'm sure Chelsea can elaborate. There's probably people using it in these systems already, but just to get it out there a bit more and, and provide that extra bit of Oh, I never thought about using those kinds of things, right? And and to provide a, a better snapshot at a at a site specific level. So we are also um, in the process of just seeing if we are going to be able to take some of the the data outputs from this and compare it to the moisture maps, the soil moisture maps that Alberta Ag releases, um, and in the hopes that that'll kind of you know demonstrate that there are huge amounts of variability throughout the area and even you know kind of in specific fields one field to another might be very different so um, hopefully demonstrating that there is value in having it down to that site specific level in terms of your your decision making on farm definitely all right um okay let's shift focus a bit um and chelsea can you give us a bit of a background on the tools and the monitors you're using in this project yes for sure so um kind of a background on this um we got into the weather stations with martin Deerline now it's probably been about four years ago now and um on these weather stations um for instance what we will be using with the um, West Central Forage Association. So what we are using, it's considered a PESL 280 weather station. And with this, um, it's not just a, you know, a fancy rain gauge. Also what it does, it's got, um, of course, your rain gauge, your solar radiation, it will um, read your growing degree days as well. So um, that's huge when it comes to 
an annual crop, and as well as the forage, um, air temperature, soil temperature, your humidity, your wind speed and direction. And then also um, we can put disease forecasting on these um, weather stations as well. So that will actually give it like a leaf wetness sensor and that you can put out in the crop. And then as well, of course, the soil moisture probe. So to kind of explain the soil moisture probe a little more, um, it is a one meter probe and we have sensors at 10 centimeters, 20 centimeters, 30, 50, 70, and 100. So a lot of info is coming off these weather stations. So when we first kind of started, it was like, okay, we have all this info coming in. What do we do with it? Um, and so we actually, um, another year dealership in Saskatchewan called South Country, they actually came up with crop intelligence. So what crop intelligence is, um, it's an app that collects and interprets weather station data by using the crop available moisture, accumulated rainfall, and expected precipitation to model um, water-driven yield potential throughout the crop, throughout the growing season. And then this is allowing a farmer or a producer to make a real-time decision on their farm with the confidence of knowing their soil and moisture. So um, that's that's what the main focus is. Um, so not it's not just a fancy weather station out there. It's actually, you know, collecting all this data and we're doing something with it. So with that, um, with the soil moisture side of things, so I'm looking at this data um, coming in and I'm looking at, you know, the rooting activity happening within the crop. Um, and it's, it's unbelievable to see now I've been working, um, looking at a couple forage fields for the last two years and seeing the rooting activity happening from the soil, the soil moisture probe when you're getting, you know, rainfalls and like uh, Jessica said, how wet we've been on um, how much the roots are actually pulling, um, not, you know, from that far down or, you know, the land that hasn't been worked much that you can tell, you know, you have that big base at the top that need, needed that rainfall that it's actually sucking those moisture, those roots down. So it's very interesting data coming off these machines and there is a lot of it. So I guess that's, that's the weather station in a nutshell. Right. And Jessica, at each site, will you be doing any additional tests uh, besides the weather station? Yeah, so we had decided that we were probably going to pull some soil samples um, in the spring when the probes go in just to get a snapshot and look at some other parameters as well before we put the probes in. So we'll be looking at soil texture and your your regular nutrients, your your NP and K and and you know kind of all those things that you you would look for in a in a basic soil test. Um, and then you know we're going to monitor fertility because one of the things that that might come out of using the weather station and the soil probes and some of those disease forecasting things that Chelsea talked about is is timing of fertilizer applications if that's something that you're going to do or or chemical applications and those kinds of things so so we will be tracking kind of fertility and, and that kind of stuff throughout as well at each site um, and then crop quality and yield as well just to see if we're hitting kind of those yield potentials that are outlined with the data and just for our own benefit to see you know you know, it did that make a difference? So we'll do a baseline to start with and, and those kinds of things. Um, we're going to track costs. Obviously, there will be an economic analysis done as there is with most any project of this type that we work on. Um, 
it's always important to make sure that you can justify the extra costs of such technologies and make sure it does pay on farms. So we do have someone that's going to run some of those numbers for us. Um, and on the pasture ones, we'll be asking for information on grazing management. Is it a continuous grazing system? Is it, you know, are you rotating? How much of a rest period did it get? And then just, you know, kind of analysis and comments from the producers that will have access to the data through the apps and that kind of thing too. Did you think it made a difference? Did you change your grazing management decisions or your spray timing or those kinds of things based off of the data that you had? So. Cool. Okay. Uh, and Chelsea, here's a question about the installation. Um, how does that work? Uh, I know PCBFA has done a, some soil moisture monitoring for the pro- for projects in the past, but we've never used anything probe-like, and we have some pretty rocky soil up here in the piece. So uh, how do you yes. get your, your soil probes into the ground? <laughs> Yeah, so um, when it comes to installing the probes itself, um, we don't put them on, you know, we don't put them in the ditches, obviously, we actually put them right out in the field. Um, And so I, there's a lot of factors that go into probe placement. But what it boils down to is, what is the place in that field that represents the rest of it, like the average place? Um, And then when we go to install them, there's um, my hardware guy couldn't be on the call today, but we actually use an auger. Um, and then we make a slurry from the, um, the dirt that comes back up with it to kind of neutralize it. So once the probe is installed, it can take up to about like seven days to neutralize back to, you know, the normal textures and stuff. So when Jessica was talking about texture and stuff, that's, that's part of what we do too. So when we install the probes, um, we actually go through every um, sensor depth and verify what texture that soil is. And we actually input it into crop intelligence. So then that way, because um, it's all about soil um, and soil texture and soil type, um, it varies for sure with you know available water there. So we have to insert every um, texture when it goes down into the probe. And I'm excited to hopefully leave some of these probes, you know, in the same place for a couple of years. So, you you know, you put the probe in, um, it neutralizes it. You see the activity all throughout the year. Um, and then you see activity from that to that probe. We like to, especially in our annual crops, I like to leave them in almost up to freeze up. And then um, if we usually take them out, but like in a forage situation, if we can actually leave them in, you can actually see the frost coming out of the ground in the spring from moisture graphs. So that is very neat. Oh, that's super cool to see though. (laughs) It is very neat, yeah, for sure. So, all right. So uh, we've talked a little bit about the the data that you're collecting, but is there anything really interesting about the data or something that uh, sticks out to you that uh, you think is really useful in the data that comes off of these um, weather stations? Yes. So um, producers, I guess what they use this data for that's coming in, um, there's a lot of, like Jessica had, you know, touched on the top dressing um, in making those in-season decisions. And so um, prime example was last year um, with all this moisture we had, we had a forage customer and, you know, they did their first cut and yeah, looked at the soil moisture. Well, there's enough for a second cut. And at that time, you know, we had enough moisture that 
that field can take a third cut. How often does somebody actually get a third cut, right? Without the moisture probe itself, he wouldn't have been able to make that decision. And he definitely took a third cut and his crop was doing quite well in the fall afterwards. Um, so that's a, a situation that a grower could use. Um, also, you know, making decisions for the following year. Um, a lot of guys see, okay, we got moisture, you know, going into the next year, or, you know, maybe we don't have as much moisture. Maybe we won't put the, you know, fertilizer to it come the spring. And if we get moisture, we'll top dress in this in late June, early July kind of thing. Um, or even the fall, like the fall banding or on the annual side of things, a lot of guys are actually starting to use this as a marketing tool. You know, is there a crop that's actually going to come off this field and what's my yield potential and is my yield potential there? And, you know, there's a good price on wheat and they actually locked it in or barley and because they knew the yield was coming off the field. So um, that's kind of some other ways to look at this data coming in that guys are actually utilizing as well. And, you know, when it comes to all these other sensors as well, you know, when did I get frost? You know, air temperature right there. So in, um, in August, we had some pretty cold nights this past year and even into September, right? And to pull the frost data, it was very interesting to see in August, how many people actually froze and they were below zero for, you know, longer than an hour at a time. There's so much more you can just do with this weather station than just, you know, the soil probe. There's so much data coming in that, you know, guys can utilize spraying records even, right? If you're spraying and your neighbor says, I, it was windy when you were spraying, you can pull, actually, I sprayed this day, my wind was this, right? So so many other factors that you can utilize these machines for. Chelsea didn't mention either, but that app, it's all online based, so they can look at it from anywhere too. So, you know, sometimes the advantage might be, I wonder how much rain we got out at that site last night and you can yes. pull that up, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, all on your phone, which that's, that's where, you know, technology is going these days, right? So. Definitely. Now, I know this project is just in its starting phases, but Jessica, do you have any preliminary results or, or starting data to share? Yeah, so we did have the, the board member that kind of brought this to us. She's been fiddling around with them a bit, and Chelsea knows her. She works with her a bit. Um, so we have had a, a quick look at some of the stuff from some of the probes that she's had, and Chelsea's got lots of information too. And so we've seen just a few of the, the data outputs that come out, and, and they're quite interesting to look at. So I'm kind of excited to see as the project progresses and we get to have a bit more of a detailed look at, at some of our own probes in depth and, and dealing with, you know, how to use that data. And, and, you know, I just see advantages even for us wanting to know, you know, in this area, how much rain did we get um, even just in, in things like that. So if I can get a couple close to our research sites, that would be awesome. You know, just little things like that. But um, so it's looked pretty neat. Um, I haven't had an in-depth look at any of it yet. Um, I should mention that uh, our forage research coordinator is the one that's actually in charge of this project. So she's been dealing with, with Chelsea a lot more. So they've had a, a little bit more of a look at it. But uh, the few little outputs that I've seen look pretty interesting. Um, and I think it'll be interesting to just 
get a closer look at some of the variability kind of throughout our area and get, I mean, we understand that it's highly variable all throughout West Central, like in our, our coverage area kind of inherently, but to get a bit of a better idea, just, you know, exactly how much variability there is, or even, you know, if we've got a couple on different locations on farm, even just on an on farm level. So I think I'm excited to kind of see some of that information start to come out and, uh, and to just see how, I mean, there's like, you know, Chelsea was mentioning, there's so many different ways that producers can use this information. Um, so for us too, I think I'm like, I'm excited to see how, you know, the producers that we cooperate with choose to, to use this data and they'll probably come up with ways to use this data that we weren't even thinking about in the beginning of the, I mean, we find that quite often with our projects. We thought we were going to be gathering this information to learn X and they're like, oh, it's actually useful for Y and Z as well. So, Oh, for sure. Uh, now, once you do get some some data results and some project results coming in, uh, where can people check that out? Where can where can we find that information? So I'm actually just in the process, and hopefully by the time the podcast airs, um, it'll be up on our West Central website. So all of our project information goes on there. And so as we start to get a bit more information that we can share, we try to keep that updated and keep it on there. I mean, we've got social media channels, so you know we're hoping to get out with Chelsea on an install if that's possible. And so we'll try and give you some behind the scenes action on that kind of stuff. And then, you know, kind of the typical channels, we put out a newsletter um, and we do an annual report on all of our project activities at the end of every year. So uh, those are usually up on our website or, you know, if people are interested, they can just contact me and I'll give you my contact information. Well, Joanna has it, but you can link it at the bottom of the podcast if you want. And, and so that'll be kind of be the main, main points. I mean, we'll, hopefully be doing some extension around this project as well. Um, as we get more information and, and get a little bit more familiar with the, the things, but I'd say the main, main place to look for it would be up on our website. And I'm sure Chelsea's got some, some areas where if you want to find out more about the probe specifically. For that, uh, we do have, for Martin Jill and themselves, we actually have a demo farm that we utilize for um, just to kind of show the data coming in off of the, off of our site as well. So, um, and that will be published as well for, for 2021. So. Right on. Okay. Uh, so as always, I will, I'll put those links, uh, into the description. So if anybody's, uh, interested in, in going and visiting, uh, the West Central Forage Association's website, definitely do that. Um, Ladies, thank you very much for coming on, and hopefully we'll talk to you again when you've uh, got some, some results to share. So until then, thank you very much for coming on, and to our listeners, we will talk to you next time. Peace Country Beef and Forage Association is a research and extension group based out of Fairview, Alberta. Our mission is to help producers thrive in an agricultural system that is profitable, regenerative, and attractive to future generations. To learn more about what we do and see the results of our research trials or our archive of newsletters and fact sheets, check out our website at peacecountrybeef.ca. Want to get in touch? Have a burning question or a topic suggestion? Send us a message on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.